Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode of AI Pioneers Insurance. Joined by Clayton Joyner from Your Choice Insurance Agency out in Alabama. Clayton, man, thank you so much for taking the time. Oh, thank you for having me, man. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, for um, you know, it's it's crazy because with all this talk about AI you see people popping up left and right and there's thought pieces going on and it's from typically you see it from like the big guys in the industry you see chubb coming out with their pieces you think about mckinsey and deloitte and the big consultants they're coming out with their own thought pieces and one of the things that i think we as an industry and community don't get enough of is how the frontline soldiers how the agencies how are they going to actually use it and so i'm super pumped for everybody and the audience to be able to hear directly from another agency owner. And before we get into that topic though, about AI and the latest buzzword of the year, I do wanna get a little bit into your background. So you're originally from Georgia, moved to Alabama. How did, was it that you got into the world of insurance? I remember when I was in college, it wasn't something that people said they wanted to do as a career <laughs> choice. And so I'm curious how you fell into it. You know, it, it's a, it was definitely an interesting ride. So ironically, I'd moved to Florida and I was working in health clubs when I was young. I was 23 years old and launched a 40,000 square foot health club, Damn. took it to the moon. Uh, it was really cool. We, we had a huge launch. We had like, the goal was a launch with a thousand members. I sold 700 by myself. It was crazy. Oh uh, so we, we fell short of the goal. I think we only hit like 900. Uh, I sold Wait, 700. How were, you, how were you selling these 700? Was it cold calls, emails? What was your process there? Yeah. So I'm old school, bro. Uh, we were doing guerrilla marketing back in the day, right? So digital wasn't really a thing. I was straight up printing flyers. I was hitting windshields, dropping off cards. And then I was I found a little niche with uh, corporate deals. So I'd go and build packages. I'd go and approach the, the companies, let them know that if we can get 10 people or more to enroll at the same time, then we'd drop the price. And I was able to rock and roll it. So I, uh, and I set a goal. And ironically, a lot of what I did back then with that actually translates to what, what we do now and, and the way that we've been able to grow with our, our different agencies that I've been a part of. Uh, but yeah, so I did that. And then uh, I was there for two months and then they, they fired everybody. Uh, I, they, they ported us in from other states uh, and then we trained up uh, basically our replacements without knowing it and they flipped us over and I didn't know what I was going to do next. So I just started applying for anything that I could. Found my way ironically in the mortgage business. Didn't even qualify for the job, but sold myself in the interview. Uh, he gave me a shot and I, I ran with it. It was number 34 in the nation my first year, uh, rookie loan year uh, as, a, as a loan officer. Then I met my wife, fell in love. And made the decision we're going to move back to Alabama. Uh, we had met in Florida because I was in Georgia, moved to Florida. We met there and her dad is a sports talk show host. And anyways, long story, but she's got a big family, decided she wanted to be closer to them. So I came back originally as a banker. Uh, I got out of loan office uh, as a loan officer, stopped doing that, then became a banker. And I just missed the game a little bit. But at the time, it was 2008, right? Oh, wow. So the market just crashed. There's no going back. Can't get back into this. This is the cozy banking job uh, or loan officer job that I had before. The banking thing wasn't really my jam. And then I ended up getting recruited by Allstate. Um, I actually had done work for the regional director, I guess, his wife. And she was really impressed, told him about it. And then for six months, he just kept saying, you should come and work with us. You should work with us. And eventually I bit, right? And then I ended up working with a big agent. That first experience was a bit rough. Uh, we... Okay 
two, three months in, uh, he was, he was, he was old school. I don't know if anybody's been in the industry long enough to remember how it used to be back in the day. You know, they paid peanuts. They wanted to yell at you all the time. I and mean, it was insane. And then I ended up uh, going from there uh, to Liberty Mutual, did that for almost a year and a half, got a little bit better training. I felt like I'd I was just about to ask how the training was differentiated between the two, because I've heard from a few people, Liberty Mutual is known for having a pretty robust training program. It was it was significantly different. So I went from so at Allstate, you know, he was King Pumbaa. His name was on the door. Everything was really about him. That and that's just that one guy. I'm not meaning to reflect that, you know, Allstate broadly, but that was my my experience there. And then we went to Liberty Mutual. Liberty Mutual had a full blown like it was a six week program. It felt more structured, and that's what I had been used to coming out of the loan officer world that I was with because the bank that I used to work with uh, was one of the top notch banks and and had one of the top notch training programs. And so it felt a little more familiar. Uh, unfortunately, at the time, you know, rates were crazy. You know, the market had fallen apart. You know, it was, it was actually very similar to the market that we're in now. And yeah. uh, and I was the only. I think agent to survive longer than six months uh, at any given moment. And then what happened after that was real interesting because I, you know, AAA, I, all of a sudden everybody I competed against was going with AAA insurance. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, these guys are kicking my butt. There's no way these rates are real. So I started collecting deck pages and I'm like, wait a second, these are real. Like, Holy cow. So then I go and reach out to AAA and lo, lo and behold, they happen to be expanding their office. And they wow. got, I got in touch with them at the right time and I got offered a position. So I went over there with them and I, dude, I crushed it. So I, I, I went after it for 10 years straight. Were you always straight. on the producer side? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, well, at that point, yes. So, uh, so I, I just kind of ran in there and just started hit hammering home because I was used to ha having t terrible rates, low conversion percentage. Right. And then all of a sudden these guys handed me some HO5s with yeah. those, was better rates than anybody in town. I mean, there were days. I got tired of writing policies. I was like, man, can I just do this tomorrow? <laughs> can we start your policy tomorrow? Uh, as sad as that is to say, but we had a really good run. And then unfortunately, uh, and I did that for about 10 years. And then unfortunately, uh, the culture shifted, you know, at, at, at a different point uh, or at a point about midway through, AAA California came in and took over the territory that we were a part of. And so we lost like 40% of our senior leadership. We ended up having a lot of turnover and we're still, you know, kind of in the hangover of 2008. So things are, you know, a little bit tougher for them. They took uh, a lot of losses because the rates were so low. And so then the, the hard market bit them really, really hard for lack of better words. And so it got to a point where uh, I had grown so big and so fast that I needed help. And I was just a producer at that point that I had no, um, they, they wouldn't allow you to hire an assistant. Yeah. So I was putting in like 80 hours a week trying to just keep up. Yeah. Um, so anyways, I uh, ended up going back to Allstate briefly. And uh, that that was a very short stint. I, and, and and that was kind of like the end of it for me with Allstate. That was, I, I tried it a second time. Uh, the culture wasn't a, a good fit. So I came back to AAA and I did that for about 10 years. And that's when I got into serial entrepreneurship and I launched a couple other businesses, which one of them was in the marketing industry. Which is kind of what got me so interested in a lot of the AI technology that I do now, because I still have a marketing agency in addition to my insurance company. Uh, and so when I uh, I spun up a company, took it to Inc. 5000, I don't know if you can see in the background, um, Amazing. and uh, took a buyout from that. And then I said, well, what am I going to do next? Right. So and I miss the insurance world. There's a lot about an established book of business that I really appreciate the sense of service, the, the longevity with it. I think a lot of and this is, you know, to any of the 
quote unquote young bucks that are out there, you know, looking at insurance and, and, and thinking about insurance. It's a long game, man. It's, yeah. it's it, if you can stay in the game long enough, you will get to a place where I don't know of any other career where you can have both the balance of financial and, and time freedom uh, that and lifestyle that can be provided, but you, you got to pay your dues, right? It's really That's difficult, true. which is where I think AI comes into play, right? And I think where we're seeing the big shift in the market right now, and I and I, a big part of why I wanted to be on this uh, agreed to be on this podcast because I really believe in what you guys are doing and what you're trying to help the agents with. It's really critical, I think, that the agents embrace this. We're, we've got an industry that's known for not embracing technology. Yeah. Go look at any of our raters and AMS systems that are out there. You'll you'll see what I'm talking about. If you're still if you got a Yahoo account or an AOL account, I'm talking to you, right? Embrace the new technologies, okay? Because uh, this is this is really helpful. So sorry, I, that was a long way to answer. No, no, that. no, no. I think I think it was I think it was a good uh, I think it was a good story. Um, what do you call this? I think, and I think to your point, a lot of the young the young bucks. I, I'm technically part of that group. Um, I think a lot of people should start to look at insurance as a better career route because I think it oftentimes gets lost. I think people see these sexy startups on Twitter, or they see a bunch of stuff going on Shark Tank, and they don't realize the incredible life that insurance can bring you you to your point you have to you have to work your dues the first couple of years build that book of business which might take three five seven years but once you build that book of business and you start seeing those residuals start coming in yes. on an annual basis you you start to make a very good living and it allows you to have far better control of your time so if you get started at 25 27 years old you crush it for five or seven years you're in your mid 30s and you have a really strong residual income that's coming in on a monthly basis and then you can to your point you can start focusing on other businesses like if you want to do a marketing agency or if you want to get into if you want to start investing in other ways i actually don't know of another industry like insurance that allows you to build that lifestyle with such a low barrier to entry because to get licensed it's a couple of hundred dollars um and you, to take the course and then you take a test and you can be licensed in the next 30 days and, and write a new business. So the, the, what I see, and this is just my perspective, right? But what I see is the barrier to entry is discipline and yeah. patience because most of the agents that I run into, cause, and, and I've been guilty of this, right? At least I've thought the thoughts, right? But you, you know, you can work as hard as you want to in your first year and you're going to have the 1.0.1%, right? That maybe smokes everybody, makes a couple hundred grand their first year. It's very, very uncommon that you do that, right? Yeah. Most of the agents that I know, even the success, most successful agents that I know, they're making thirty, forty thousand $40,000 their first year, right? And that's them going hard, bro, hitting, yeah. going ham every day on appointments and knocking doors and kissing babies and shaking yeah. hands. And you know what I mean? They're out there getting after it, right? They're still making thirty, forty thousand 40000 their first year. But to your point, the residual is, it, it's, it's, that is the, the most, I think, underrated aspect of what insurance actually is over time is you sell $30,000 this year if you sell $30,000 next year and assuming that you've got at least a 90% retention rate, which you should, if you're, if you're putting a big focus on writing good business and good customer experience, yeah. then you just doubled your income the next year. 
Yep. And then you do it again and again and again and again. And eventually you find yourself in this position where not only is the job predictable enough to be able to standardize your operation and hire people to do a lot of the things you would normally do anyway, um, but it also provides you consistent, predictable revenue. And wealth is really, in my opinion, begins when you have the ability to make money when you sleep, right? You'll yeah. hear that a lot from a lot of the real successful gurus and things that are out there. Most of the time, you've got to take such a, an enormous capital risk to get into a business, to hire people, to have a strong marketing and sales process in order to be able to be in a position that, that you have a business that's scalable and that can make money for you when you sleep. Insurance is one of the few businesses that you can go in, like you said, with a low cost barrier that, that takes a lot of elbow grease, right? But once you do it for a few years, you start to see a sub substantial income. And a lot of times it's a matter of just, can you bite the bullet? Can you, can you put in the work for the first five, four to five years? And once you hit about between years five and eight, that would be my window, I would say to you. I mean, your, your referral volume, the amount of work you have to put into generating new business significantly decreases after about 18 months. Um, but if you can survive between five to seven years, that's when you start making the gravy. That's when your, your, your time and your schedule starts to open up. You start making really good money. And I think life starts to feel a lot different than it did in the first few years. Yeah, there's a famous there's a there's a famous accelerator in Silicon Valley called Y Combinator. And the guy yeah. that started it, Paul Graham, he has a he has a famous quote. I'm about to butcher it um, by paraphrasing it. But he has something along the lines where it's like if you could just stay around for five years, there's some sort of magic that happens after that fifth year um, where everything changes for you. And I think I think insurance is a perfect example of that. And I think we can kind of switch gears now because I think it's a great segue into the whole AI thing. I think right now, especially to the, the young bucks that are trying to get into the industry, we just spoke about how great of a life you can build over the course of a couple of years if you get into insurance and that's that historically you had to hire a bunch of people to do the administrative work, the very tedious tasks to do your cold calls to do just so many different things. And I think now with AI, that quality of life is only going to be maybe even if it's by a year or two, it might, it could be accelerated a little bit because now you're going to have so many more things that you as an agency owner are able to do. In the past, you might have had to hire a marketing person or a copywriter. You can now use ChatGPT to write yes. a campaign for you. You can use Dolly to do the art designs for you. You can set up all your campaigns to be automated every Monday morning. And so I'm curious with you, because not only have you had to write a few markets in terms of the insurance side of things, but you've also had to write a few technology trends. A few years ago, it was blockchain, then crypto. How, I feel personally like the AI one is different and it's, and it's here to stay unlike those other ones. How do you as an agency owner evaluate these new technologies whenever they come out? Because today it's AI, like I mentioned, two years ago or three years ago is blockchain. You know, next year there's probably going to be something else. How do right. you evaluate all these different things as a, as a business owner? Well, you know, I think that that's a really good question. First off, I think that for me, and, I, and again, I can only speak from my perspective on this, but I think one, you have to keep your knees bent, and be ready to, to pivot at any moment, right? Because the, what is it? What is it? The reed that doesn't bend with the wind breaks, right? Yeah. And I think being flexible and being able to adopt new technologies, first off, that's a philosophy and you need to have that flexible philosophy, philosophy so you don't expire in business, right? Because 
I'll tell you right now, like my company, and I'll get back more to the AI piece of this, but my company right now, if I'm going up against some of the companies that have been in business now for the last 20 years in my market, because we launched, like, why wouldn't we need another insurance company, right? We've got, you know, I can throw a stone and, and hit one in any direction. But I go against these people that they barely know how to turn their computer on. They don't understand social media. They don't understand search engine. They don't understand their website process or customer experience design. They don't understand these technologies. This is all leverage, right? You can do more now with less effort and time with one from one person than you've ever been able to do before. And so while yes, the, the market, we're in a hard market, the rates are rough, the insurance companies are going nuts with rate changes and underwriting guideline updates and all the things that are happening. So it's it's 100% harder today to write and, and grow your business, I feel like, um, you know, compared to, to the 10 years ago, right? Um, however, because it's just more competitive, it's, it's yeah. easier to be seen and heard, right? But I think that's easily compensated for with tools like AI that allow you to do more effort, do, to do more with less effort and less time. And I think that the way that we plan to embrace these technologies, because back when you know, me, gosh, when I was first, this because I've been in it 15 years now, when I was first getting into it, it was really exciting when I could, when, when CRM, I mean, just to have a CRM system that functioned, right? Because most of the time yeah. I was handed a crappy CRM system from the insurance company I worked for, right? It was terrible. Um, and to have a better CRM was huge. Well, then automation came out. We had Zapier, all of a sudden we could, you know, get a website and then, and then we could build forms that people could fill out. Like that was my big thing. Like when I figured out how to build uh, logic based forms where I, I, you know, do you want home or auto? And then I would just ask the questions that were important to them, you know, based on what they wanted. And then I, and then I could take that and then Zapier, which would automate the delivery of whatever they put in that form to wherever I want it to go. Yeah. Being able to go from a, a digital form to an automation that would then go into my CRM was like game changing back yeah. in the day. Like, oh my gosh, right? Well, now I've gotten to the point where I want to, I, I believe in frictionless experience, right? Mm -hmm. I'm always aiming for zero friction, right? Yeah. And, uh, and as an agency owner, I'm trying to always solve for zero, right? Meaning how do I get everything that needs to be done by the agency done through delegation or automation? How do I make sure that all my time is focused on growth and sales? I need to be t uh, developing my team, I need to be recruiting, I need to be doing sales, and I need to be working on strategy for my company. That's where all my brain power should be because that's where the growth is going to come from. That's where the revenue is going to come from. Processing paper and pushing paper and, and you know, answering silly calls and, and, and just all this minutia. There's so, it's so easy to get busy but not be productive, if that makes yeah. any sense. And I feel like yeah. AI is really going to transform our ability to be more effective, not, not so much just e more efficient because that's also true, right? but to be more effective as well. So we want to use more uh, or squeeze more uh, output from every second of our day, right? But also be effective with the time that, or the output that's, that's being thrown through the AI process as it gets integrated into our systems. Yeah, I, I completely agree on all that different stuff. And I think one of the other things too, and I'm curious how you guys are going to be using it in your business or already are using it. But one of the things we always tell people on our end is like, there's this big concern that AI is here to replace people. And the thing mm -hmm. that I always tell, or it's like to make you not accessible or whatever. And I always tell people, it's like, no, this technology can actually make you far more accessible to your customers and whoever needs to talk to you. And right now, with how essentially commoditized insurance has been, mm -hmm. you win by accessibility as an agency owner. You win by your service. And so now, because you're not having to do these tedious, repetitive tasks, like 
calling to answer what the minimum liability needed is or whatever, you're now more available so you can better service your customers. You can sure. hold that high retention rate and ultimately beat out your competitors. I'm curious, that's my perspective. We wanna use, or we already are starting to use it, uh, particularly Gale. We're starting to use it on our support and our sales side of things. I'm curious how you guys are using it in your own business. So, so we're new to Gale. And so we're in the process now of doing the testing and the two main use cases that I, I can absolutely see. So we've got, I've got two offices now. We just purchased a, a second location. And the first location uh, that we have is more of a higher end. We focus more on working with lenders and realtors and homeowners that are buying homes. And we're in a really nice market. The second office that I have is, I wouldn't call it non-standard, but the area is more rural. It's they're more fixed income uh, that's yeah. in there and the policy structure is a little different. The Obviously the service quantity is much higher there. We've got a couple thousand customers there. A lot of them are a lot older, so they still like to come into the office. They like to make cash or check payments a lot of times, although we've, we've killed the check thing. I've, I've, I've figured that part out. But what it does do is result in a lot of calls, like an inbound calls from them, right? So my, my office up here where we've got more of the uh, higher end homes, I put everybody in the apps, auto pay, auto renewal, all the things, right? So we don't have as much service work here, comparatively speaking. So the first use case is I want to be able to pull the call overflow. My, my, my objective is get someone every time you call, right? Uh, so I don't want anyone to call our office and we'd be busy and not have enough hands to answer the phone call and then have to leave messages. I'm, I'm yep. trying to avoid that process. And Gail's going to be really critical in helping us implement that process. The other thing is also high volume outbound calling, right? So we, you know, a lot of our uh, leads are going to be coming from giveaway campaigns for, for an example, right? Uh, I work with a really good friend of mine, uh, Ryan Egan. He's got a really good program. So, but the lead volume can be overwhelming because you've got to balance, you know, quoting, presenting, pitching, closing, right? All those things, right? But then you have all these leads you've got to call and that's a volume game, right? So the idea here is Gail is going to step in, start to outreach to a lot of the clients uh, that we're getting in uh, or, or leads, I say, uh, through this giveaway campaign. Yeah. And the, in the intent is that they're going to be able to set appointments for us to be able to quote them. Uh, and if we can do that and scale, right? Well, then I'm not limited by manpower. That's, that's usually our biggest limiting constraints, time and people, right? Uh, or finances, and, and you know, because ultimately you only have, you can only hire so many people and your space is only so big, right? Yeah. Uh, so the Gail's gonna try and help me with cutting down on the volume of, of, of missed calls from the one office and from a service side. It's also, I think, gonna help us with appointment setting because it's gonna allow us to mass call uh, and, and, you know, no, no agent wants to call leads that are, yeah. you know, not the not the warmest, right? And so these guys can work twenty four seven. They don't get discouraged, and it will help us with uh, with what appointment volume and quote volume. Yeah, no, and I think I think the way you guys plan on using it, same thing for us. Like right now, so much of our business. Both so back up for the listeners that don't know, Lula, the parent company of Gale, sells insurance management tools to buyers of insurance. Gale's a little bit different because it sells AI to sellers of insurance. And so we hit both sides of the market. But we've now been on the Lula side with our core product and business for a couple of years. And so we fortunately get a lot of referrals. But so many times with the referrals, you don't know if it's actually good. And historically, we've had to 
you have to pay a pretty penny, especially recruiting from out in Silicon Valley. You've had to pay a pretty penny for what we refer to as order takers, just somebody to call yes. and verify the lead. And so we still maintain those human AEs for like that, that human touch and to give customers an experience when it starts getting more to the nitty gritty. But just something like that, the order taking, you can implement an AI while still giving the customer an incredible experience of in a way, thinking that they're speaking with somebody. And so it's really cool to see the technology coming together. Well, and and, and you also got to, uh, I think, factor in as well the idea that, uh, you know, again, it, it, it just works, right? Like it, it it doesn't have feelings. It doesn't have sick children at home. It doesn't call out for the COVID. It doesn't, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, like it's it becomes a predictable unit. And then because it also comes with so much data, right? Yeah. So you can start to really understand what your ratios look like you know, if, if you're doing what you should be, right? Yeah. Unfortunately, I know a lot of my agency buddies aren't always doing this, but you should be building your strategic annual plan. You should be setting your goals. You should be measuring, you know, what your sales need to be, yeah. right, to hit your targets. When you have enough data to support statistically the likelihood of outcome, well, then that allows you to be a much more um, planned about what you're trying to execute and be able to hit your goals and, and accelerate. And I think that having the consistency from performance through AI plus the the reduction in, in, in potential human error, and then you take all the inconsistency out of you know of some of the human effort, and, and we're not talking about jobs people just love and we're kicking them out of their passion, right? Yeah. Like no one likes cold calling. No no one wants to deal with an angry customer, right? Like yeah, exactly. th these are these are great opportunities, I think, for people to learn new skills and really focus in areas where they provide higher value and they actually enjoy and love their job so that we can pair passion with, with purpose, you know? Yeah. Well, man, uh, I completely agree with that. And I want to be respectful of time. I know we're up on time, so I'll let you get back to your day job. But uh, this has been awesome. We're going to listening to you talk. I was like, it would be so dope to do an episode today when he's just early on and implementing it and then doing another episode like a year from now, when you're a little bit, when you started implementing more and more tools, just to get a sense of how everything's progressing. It's uh, absolutely it's, it's exciting times, man. And I appreciate it more. And, you know, I can't wait for everybody to, to, to hear what you had to say. Me too, man. Well, thank you for having me on the show. This is great. I can't wait to hopefully be back and, and we'll do it again. Of course, man. Have a good one. Bye. You too.